Marsh. What do you say you show this girl a little small-town hospitality? Oh, yeah, sure. Sure. Huh? Sure. Uh, Marshal Clark. Biologist, taxi, cab guy at your service. <laughs> cool. Start the meeting. Hey, what's up, Dumpster Dwellers? This is our first mini-episode, and today we are chatting with the very awesome Simon Bossel. Hey, Joe. How's it going? All right, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show um, and chatting uh, uh, with uh, with us about aberration today. No problem at all. No problem. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me on the show. Oh, of course. I appreciate it. Of course. So, how's, so, so you're in Australia right now. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, in the 40-degree heat, which I believe is 104. And to convert that to, to, to Fahrenheit, I've got <laughs> fires, bushfires out to the to the west and to the south and to the north and to the east. No, not the north, the east, not the north. Thank God. So at least there's one way out. We discussed that briefly um, over the email. So so what's going on out there? Um, any any updates? Any positive updates? We're uh, yeah. Look, uh, it's just not over. It, 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 it rains and then it dries out and then it and then it um it picks up again. It, it it's just all tinder dry out there. Ugh. Um and and it's it's just um it, it, it's sad. Look, we haven't been negatively impacted. I'm not. I'm very very lucky to live where I live, and you know we're we're in a safe area. We have got a huge amount of damn water that's available. The problem is the pipes are too narrow to. <laughs> to, uh, to 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 uh, to sort of combat the incredible volumes of of fire that that are, that that surround us at the moment, and it, it's just it's just a it's just really you know it's just really tough on these uh, these, these uh, guys. I mean, it's just incredibly tough, and the fire the firemen and and the tragedy of those three heroes basically who who lost their lives right. um, fighting fires you know on foreign shores americans who who came over here in a c130 and and were just doing their jobs uh, you know it's just it's just heartbreaking yeah it's a real thing it's a real tragedy it's a w- real life tragedy you know you, you you see things like this on tv you watch towering inferno you think it's never going to touch me watch you know, i don't know titanic or you, th- you just see, you see it as a pop cup cultural reflection of something that's never really going to happen but yeah we've got it right here on our front doorstep now it's all real very real yeah and uh simon this is sean uh from movie dumpster also hi sean so i didn't mean to bring down the tone there but (laughs) yeah no i mean i I, you know you say that you know people losing their lives and i just besides that you know which is already horrible in and of itself it's you know like what was it three million animals were killed in this or something along those lines oh look yeah we haven't even begun to look at the at the the incredible um, impact that it's had on our natural diversity, uh, that, that struggle will be ongoing. And, and already we're starting to argue about how we should do that rather than actually just getting down and starting. Right. Um, and, and where the money goes and everything, there's a lot of, there's a lot of back and forth. There's a lot of arguing. And I hope that there's somebody, I hope, but I don't think there is somebody who can step in and make executive decisions just to get this going instead of just arguing about it the whole time. But um, yeah, there's a lot of differing opinions about how to right Ar- arguing semantics and science and yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a question of 
of not just the impact now and obviously just the fires, but ongoing and that's it, that's the habitat, the natural environment. I've heard stories of a fireman brought to tears basically because he could hear the koalas screaming in the trees. Oh, oh my geez. God. Yeah, yeah, like literally just the, the worst sound you, you've ever heard. Um, and, and uh, yeah, you know, I, I know it's really grisly, but it, it's just, it's, this is what ha- is happening. Um, yeah. And, you know, the, it, it's, it's, there's no way around it. It is, it is happening. And it, it is this, I don't think anyone can argue that it's anything other than obviously climate change, which is uh, wrought by human beings in, in, or at, le- or at least helped uh, by human beings or yep. made worse by human beings. And uh, so we, we have to just all uh, like, what's incredible is the communities um, have all come together um, in, in, in quite a profound way to, to help each other. And um, a lot of the people who, who live and work in, in Australia that normally don't, wouldn't have anything to do with each other have been brought together and to, to, to combat this tragedy. That's fantastic. I, I hope you guys can get that sorted out soon. Yeah. Um, on a little <laughs> bit of a lighter note. Um, I'm sorry uh, about that. <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> that's the key, key to, to Simon Bissell is you get me started on a, on a, on a particular subject, I kind of tend to to, to stick there, so apologies for that. No, but, no, um, no! Don't apologize. Uh, we, we, we are. Uh, you're in good company in that in that sense. <laughs> yeah, and and really, we wanted to talk. We did want to talk to you about it because we wanted some insight, uh, sort of straight from the horse's mouth. You know. Sure, of course. So now you're in Canberra, right? Yes, yes, I live in Canberra now. Okay, which is crazy because I listen to a. Po- are you familiar with um, Mysterious Universe? No, no, I'm not. I haven't heard that one. Um, yeah, it's a, it's an Australian podcast, and they talk about all kinds of stuff: conspiracy theories, uh, uh-huh. cryptozoology, all kinds of really great stuff. And um, <laughs> just real quick, you know, they were they were talking about Canberra and how that's the new capital for Australia, which. Uh, me and and a few people that I have talked to didn't realize that, oh, sure. but also that um, it has four entrance ways, and it's kind of like this weird island city. <laughs> it, and they have they have all these 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 theories about it being like haunted or like channeling ghosts and stuff and demons and things. Have you heard any of that? It's haunted by public servants. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have not. I have not heard any of that. But it sounds fascinating. You know, one of my, a, a long time ago, and, and still ongoing, is like I'm fascinated with things that people make up right. to sort of anthropomorphize the world around them to try mm-hmm. to make sense of it. Um, and conspiracy theories are, are very much a part of that. There's a, one of my favorite old uh, British miniseries is a show called Edge of Darkness, which explores that territory. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Later, it became a Mel Gibson film, but that, that one wasn't as good. But the original one was fantastic with uh, Joanne Wally, who became Joanne Wally Kilmer. Anyway, she uh, that 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 was a great show, which is about conspiracy theories. And the, the thing is that people need they need to create things that make sense to them, to make sense of their world. And I fully understand that. And some of the most wonderful creative things have come out of of those people trying to make sense of their world. So I never know. Oh, absolutely. Um, but yeah, but this is uh, Canberra is, has many different roads leading to and from. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if that's what you meant, but <laughs> um, yeah. And Canberra's al- always been the capital of Australia. Um, really, ever since Federation. Yes, yes, yes. It's just it's just public publicly. It's not seen as the capital because really, uh, it's really just a city which focuses the 
I mean, it's like any created city that like you build a iron mine and then a town will evolve around that. We decided that neither Sydney nor Melbourne should be, when I say we, I mean the federated long before I was born, when we were building a federation of states in Australia, they decided that between uh, Sydney and Melbourne, somewhere there should be a capital which was which is stands aside and alone and is focused on being a government centre. Hmm, gotcha. For a variety of different reasons. Um, like, I guess, you know, capital of Germany, Bonn. Like, what else does Bonn do? Oh, right. Just the capital of Germany, right? Um, and and so we, we that, that's how Canberra basically evolved around being the public service capital. Um, and it gets a knock for a variety of reasons for that and probably, you know, largely probably with, uh, with good reason and, and sometimes a little harshly, I feel. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, because anything, any, anything which just stands alone as a single purpose, um, sort of town is open to, uh, I guess ridicule <laughs> in some way. <laughs> gotcha, because, gotcha. Hey, listen, we're both from uh, New Jersey, so here in the States, we, uh, we've we heard our fair share of stuff. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Same, same thing, same thing. You know, people love to hate some parts of the world, and that's just, you know, you just sort of come to the territory, really. Yeah, no, we totally get that. Mm-hmm. We're like the armpit of the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> well, same, um, same. so so we wanted to kind of dig into your background a little bit before we want to talk about aberration but we want to talk about um you know your start and and some of your some of the projects that you've done um before that um so i guess i guess the first big question is you know how how did you get into acting oh wow uh now you're taking me back um <laughs> uh my my my, my well, long a long way back uh my my mom was an actress um, so that sort of played in my mind when I was a kid and I always thought about that. But when I was in my teenage years, I, I, I didn't think, I didn't think about it too much until I left the country. And then I traveled around the world a little bit, well, Europe. And, um, when I was living in, in the United Kingdom in London, um, I came into contact with British, um, theatre, which I found to be very remarkably, profoundly different to Australian theatre that I had seen. And um, I felt really inspired. So I joined a, you know, I was there to just make some money so I could go travelling again because I'm a bit of a travel travel nut. And I I, um, I joined this theatre company and realised that really what what acting is is just travelling in the mind. And, and then I just... Well, I just naturally went from when I went back to Australia, I looked for an agent and got an agent and I started working and um, it just kept going. And then, like, then I found myself admitted to NIDA, which is the National Institute of Dramatic Art, which is the top school in Australia. And, and, and then I, I went through three years there and um, came out. And the first thing I got was a mini, like a fantastic job uh, called Joe's Jury, uh, which was about Joe Bielke Peterson perjury trial. Um, which was right up my alley because it was a real person. I got to talk to a real person and interview them and play them. And so I had a great responsibility to do right by him, um, which he said I did, which I was really pleased about. Uh, it was really my only focus. That's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, and, and then, you know, once I had that experience uh, with a wonderful director, Ken Cameron, I, I, I just couldn't stop. And... Um, so I just 
threw myself at it. Literally, I was so single-minded. I just didn't think about anything else. Everything in life became interpreted through that experience. So I sort of, to a degree, became obsessed. And um, so many years later, when I started forming very distinct opinions about how pop culture should be, I found myself a victim of narratives that I didn't want to be a part of. And that eroded my ability to continue as an actor. Okay. Mm. Uh, because it wasn't, it wasn't commercially, it's not professionally feasible to, to run the narrative as an actor. You are, the, you are the conveyor of the narrative. You cannot run it unless you're in a some completely different form like stand-up comedy or, or some sort of sketch comedy where you're ad-libbing and stuff like that. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I resisted that and, and it, was, it was causing me to stress. And so uh, eventually I, I realized that what I had to do was get out. Um, and I didn't know how to do that. And it was a tough time for me. Um, but now, you know, uh, things, are, things are so good. That's fantastic. So That's awesome. I, I, That's great. I, yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess um, <laughs> you're not going to be happy, too happy about the next question because I was going to ask you. Um, you no, yeah. <laughs> now you've done a, a ton cool. of Whatever. Australian television, um, and I try. Yeah. I did try to look for a few of those things, and I couldn't find too many uh, that were streaming. But um, uh, Sean and myself, and and uh, my other our other co-host Connor, who couldn't make it today because he's he's uh, sick unfortunately, but uh, you were on a, a, a huge favorite of ours, uh, Farscape. Oh, yes, <laughs> For an episode. For, yes. for an episode, yeah. yes, you played Neary. Yes, that's right, yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes, it's a... That, Dave. I, I guess my follow-up to that would be like, what was that experience? Oh, it was, it was, it was really like, I have this, this memory of it like being a very sort of, uh, if you imagine uh, like David Bowie, sort of okay, yeah. and I was sort <laughs> yeah, of in the middle yeah. of all of this machinery with that the, the set was in a warehouse and and so I just sort of felt like I was in a bunker in Berlin or something and I was just at the <laughs> beginning of some sort of new experience it was it was really haunting and wonderful uh, and there was there was lots of tech and you know the sets were of course really out there and um and and working with everyone was great and working with Gigi Edgley was was fantastic and we had a really really good time on that show I remember just at the beginning um you know got, people were getting around on those motorized scooters it was just becoming the thing right, and now right. you see everyone you know like it's all over the place but just like I remember sort of looking around seeing this guy getting around the place it's like they're a motorized scooter really you're walking as fast as me what what's that about can't you just walk you know <laughs> <laughs> but I still thought it was wonderful <laughs> um now did you work with Gigi on another show an Australian show uh called Water Rats right yeah yeah uh she was um she was uh not she was on the show that I was right. working on um but, but I was working mostly with Aaron Peterson gotcha um uh, okay who who's there He's a, he's a wonderful. Forgive me, I haven't actually seen the show, so oh, no, sure, sure, uh, sure. I noticed that you guys re- appeared in the in the same show. So I wasn't sure if you guys had met there or 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 you know what have you. We did, we did, we did meet there, and 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 then later, obviously, a lot we we actually did more more uh, work, actual work together. But I don't think I had any scenes with Gigi in in Water Rats, if I remember right. So apologies if I got that wrong, Gigi. But yes, uh, I don't. I don't think we did. It was mostly interview scenes, you know. Like we, you know, you can remember with Steve Bisley, Aaron Peterson, Steve Bisley, Aaron Peterson. It's pretty hard to get that. <laughs> if Gigi had walked I, in, I think I would have noticed. 
<laughs> Another funny thing, just a side note. Like I was looking up uh, on your IMDb, and I'm like, wow, he did all these works with John Waters. And I'm like, wait a second, that's yeah. not Master of Filth John Waters. That's Australian actor no. John Waters. That's right. That's right. That's right. Glass Onion John Waters. We did the, the Glass <laughs> Onion tour, uh, which is uh, him, him, him as John Lennon uh, all around Australia. And I think he's still there. I'm not sure. I'm not sure where he's up to. I haven't seen John for a long time. But one, he, yeah, fantastic guy to spend for um, for episodes of Singapore Sling with. Uh, he's just such a wonderful actor and friend. Yeah, great guy. Uh, I don't know what to tell you, but I had to chase a motorbike in that show in <laughs> Singapore through <laughs> heat. And I, I, like, I came out of the, like, I said, yeah, you just chase, chase this motorbike and you'll be fine. Like, you know, and I'm like, my, my character's supposed to be intelligent. Why am I running after a motorbike? Don't worry about it. Just do it. Because <laughs> we need so action. It, that's why. So, yeah, just, yeah, it's exciting. <laughs> Nobody will ask that question. So just keep running. And okay. All right. So I had to do it. I did it once. I'm like, wow, we, you know, this is fantastic. I'm pretty puffed, but we got that, right? No, 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 no. We have to do it again. <laughs> oh, okay. 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 Really, really hot. Really hot. Getting hot now. And uh, yep. No, no. We did it again. Did it again. Great. Listen. No, no, no. Let's go to do it again. <laughs> and so we did it like six times. And I literally couldn't walk the next day. I was done. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. It was, just, it was just so hot. It, I literally couldn't get out of bed. My, my, my whole my body was just destroyed from that. Because um, I'm not like, you know, I'm not an athlete. Let's, let's just put it that way. <laughs> um, you, also, you also got to work on a couple episodes of The Pacific. How was that? Can you you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, look, the the, the experience uh, was was eye opening and wonderful from start to finish. I was so honoured to be part of that show. Every single day that I worked on it, I just had a ball. Um, everybody was so polite, um, and and it was it was quick and it was hard work. You know, like when you're on, you're really on, and you had to do the best you could. But yeah, I, I was just it was just wonderful working with um, James Badgedale. Um, and, um, uh, and all the guys, like I arrived at a very interesting time when they'd just come back from boot camp, which all the actors had to do to sort of, sort of make them realize that how tough it was for GIs in those times. Right. And there's no, you know, <laughs> OH&S out the window. Um, so <laughs> the, they, they had, um, had been out on a sort of a bivouac uh for the previous few days i think it was like three or five days i can't remember right it was a few days um and they they basically uh i think one guy said that that uh that he just popped his head up they had to dig their own foxholes in the jungle and he popped his head up and he was wearing a helmet luckily and this snake tried to bite him on the head but it bounced off his helmet and at that point he realized oh yeah really we're not in kansas anymore you know like this is real (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, that's a yeah, that's um, a wake-up call yeah <laughs> yeah um so everyone's sort of going oh okay like there's no buffer between us and reality anymore <laughs> and and so yeah, like there were there were there was uh there were a lot of people um uh sort of got it why we were doing that but some were also questioning how really why how 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 important that is as an experience to have because they're actors. And so they didn't really want to do that. And they were also angry that they were put through that experience. So there was a fair amount of discussion around that. Um, 
and and I thought that by and large everyone conducted themselves really really well. Uh, I thought it was an intelligent conversation and an interesting narrative broadly about method acting and what what you really need to do, what you need to know, and what you need to put yourself through in order to to act. Is do you really need to have uh, experience something yourself or is imagination enough? And the answer is it comes down to the individual. Um, and an individual shouldn't be dictated to that they must go through this experience if they say, no, my imagination is enough, thanks very much. Um, that's my feeling on it and it should be down to them. And if, but if you're an individual who really wants to have that experience, then go for it, go and do it. Sure. Um, myself, I, I, I'd love, I love going through new experiences. So I'd always want to do that regardless of what it did with my acting. <laughs> so I, would have gone to the, I probably would have gone for the boot camp anyway. You know, just to, just to say I did it and not use it at all. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, Taylor Swift did that. She went to cat school to be in that Cats movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Right. Cat school. Yeah, what's, cat school. What's, in, no. what's involved? Is that, is she, is she, is she drinking out of a saucer? Uh, I, I guess. On a daily basis? What, what's involved? How do you... Is it personal grooming? Was she, was she like, this is going to get really gnarly. Leave it to the imagination. I can't go oh down there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I you know, use my, my, I have two cats and yeah, wow. I'm not going to cats. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> so, um, so, okay. So just for the listeners right now, if you have not, listened to the aberration review that we have put out um i suggest you go do that now because we are going to get into this uh with simon and talk some spoilers um if you've already listened to it then uh keep listening um so so simon you play marshall clark who is a field researcher of herpetology uh in aberration yes yes that's right did you do like any did you do any um, studying for that? Like, did you like brush up on your gecko anatomy or anything? <laughs> I, I used the reality of the film, which sort of transcended our own reality as my guide there. Um, I think that any, if I, if I taught myself too much about biology, it probably would have made me believe in the film less. Gotcha. Mm. <laughs> if you know what I mean, it would have, I can understand that. It would have, it would have run interference in my head <laughs> and I would have started picking holes in the script and all that, you know, and I, which I, I, which I do anyway. Um, so I didn't want to feed that beast too much. I, I it's a fantasy ultimately that film. Um, so yeah, I, I felt my imagination was enough. Um, though it is based on the fact that we have seen um mutants real mutants i guess uh as a result of nuclear radiation and god knows what but i'm never sure how much of that is actually real and how much is just sort of scuttlebutt you know um so right right yeah, yeah. uh so it's, it's very hard to prove and i didn't want to spend a lot of my time trying to prove it when really the premise of the film is that it is real so i just went with that um and um yeah you know, the, the whole sort of breathing water thing was a wonderful moment, I thought. And I, it just has nothing to do mm. with it. Yeah, with, that's uh, so good. Yeah. <laughs> right after the, the the gecko eats her fish. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Eating my fish. <laughs> what's, what's really crazy to me is up until, again, up until a few weeks ago, I didn't even know you were Australian. Oh, wow. So, so now I've watched this movie since I was a kid, um, and it's such a great film. Like... I don't know why it doesn't get more attention, but we, we're going to talk a bit, a little bit about that later. But um, I couldn't tell. I, I thought you just 
we're an American guy. And the movie takes place in Minnesota, so there's a lot of <laughs> movie magic going on here, but it was actually shot in New Zealand. Yeah. Um what what do you know do you know what the reason for that was? Like was that just what the story like that was the script and it was like, Hey, this takes place in Minnesota and everybody needs American accents. It's all in the in the potato flakes, my friend. Potato <laughs> flakes. That's what they used instead of snow. And and we're in New Zealand and we're in the middle of Middle of we, uh, uh, what we, we, we say, oh, it's going to be winter in New Zealand, right? We're going to shoot this. And I'm like, yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. We get out of there. Uh, it's a little bit warmer than we were. Yeah, so what are we going to do about the snow? Potato flakes. <laughs> so they, they got this massive funnel of, of potato flakes just everywhere, mashed potato all over the ground. <laughs> you know, you would, yeah, I just couldn't believe it. So when you look at that, that, those, those shots in the, in the blizzard, in inverted commas, you'll probably notice that they look very, very slightly yellow. <laughs> well, I guess we just both watched it before uh, we came on with you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm sitting there watching, I was like, God damn, how cold was it when they filmed this? And I guess it really wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it really was hot. It was hot as Hades in that, <laughs> all of that get-up and the machinery and potatoes and explosions. And Yeah, I was going to say, you have a full parka on in that scene. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was hot. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of the, the shots, though, of us lying on the ground, that were shot in studio. Um, you know, we were lying on the ground, looking at each other, you know, sort of yeah, yeah. upside down. Yep. I think there mm-hmm. was one shot of that. That was all in studio. So any everything really around the car was shot in uh, out, in, out in the open with potato flakes, and mm-hmm. anything else was, was kind of like a, I think I, I remember right, they used a, sort of a gel-like substance. So it was, it's a very strange, uh, sort of like, a, if you can imagine, sort of fairy floss that's made of silicon gel that's floating in the air. Really, probably very bad for you. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what was in the studio. It's, it sounds like something that's really bad for your lungs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was all, they say it was all water-based. It's all good. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I don't think so, man. I don't think about it. <laughs> Breathe under your hand. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to work with Pamela Gidley in this film. Um, yeah, yeah. And, I, and she plays Alex. Oh, I mean, Amy Harding. Amy. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and how how is it working with Pamela? Because you guys have, like, amazing chemistry in this film. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, we got on great. Uh, we, we, uh, we basically spent um, the whole time we were there, I think, shooting for about seven weeks all together, um, including the extra bits. Uh, and and we, we were in constant contact. We just hung out um, and we're great mates uh, for the whole, the whole of the shoot. We just got on like a house on fire and <laughs> had a lot of fun uh, make, making stuff up, like throwing things in. We got the script. It was uh, a really well-defined script, but it kind of needed um, some, I don't know, some jokes, I guess, or some, just a little bit of a push uh, in a particular direction that we. There are some bangers that you drop in this film, <laughs> and we were, we wanted to ask you if you improved a lot of these. Like, um, you know, she was a nice lady. Was that you, or was that the script? Yeah. Ah, uh, you know what? I think that was me. Um, <laughs> but it's really it's been a long time. I think I think pretty sure it was me. Uh, by that point. I was very tired. We it was the end of the shoot, yeah. And my, I, I guess, um, 
Simon gets grumpy. <laughs> and um, and I, I, uh, I, I, I sort of, uh, I just want, I, I just want, I knew how the direction the film was, was had taken, and, and I, I knew that it needed to end in a particular way that was quite pop and fun and light, um, and uh, but also dramatic. So um, that's what we were aiming to achieve in that scene, and, and so it sort of got rewritten a little bit. Um, uh, we, we we did hash it over a, a fair bit, um, talking about it. Um, yeah, it was a really really robust conversation that we had around that particular scene in the in the grocery store or, or the service station store. Um, and um, yeah, but she was a nice lady. Yeah, I like that moment too. Yeah, <laughs> it's a classic. I'd forgotten about that one. <laughs> uh, it's a classic line and that whole sequence is fantastic when you just lose it and you're going around the store hunting hunting the gecko. It's just, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. We've put a lot of effort into it. I, I did want to ask in that scene in particular, or towards the end there, you have a broom that is lit on fire. Now, did, were you actually holding that? Were they letting you walk around with that? Th- that was amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really wanted to do that. I was just like, that's like, oh, we need to get a sign. I said, no, 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 come on. Like, I've done this before. When I was 14, I used to go down under the service. You know, <laughs> I used to, you know, we used to play flaming soccer and kick, you know, wrap a tennis ball around with, around and around with, um, with uh, rags, old rags, and then pour kerosene on top, and then play flaming soccer <laughs> oh in the dark. Yeah, that was that was that sounds like that a blast. Was crazy stuff. I used to get up get up to when I was a kid, and I just thought, oh, well, this is safe. I make embarrassing to that. I just push this broom at this plastic at this aberration. So that was fun. It was fun. It was fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Were you were you there f- when they blew up Yuri's head? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to miss that. <laughs> I, I I didn't. I wouldn't want to have either, because like that's one of the best scenes in the film too. Like, and it's just such a great practical effect with the with the gecko coming out of the mouth and stuff. So I just wanted to know if you were there to like witness that all happen. I, I remember them distinctly saying, like, "Okay, everybody, look, we're really going to get one of this because we've only got one head, so it's going to take a long time to make another one. So please get this right." And they had another one, but it wasn't. I don't think they were happy with it. And that that was the best one they had. I just wanted to get that shot, and they did. They got it, and it was fun. That's yeah. awesome. It was an interesting. It was interesting uh, how, how that film uh, became uh, was 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 funny. It was originally funded by Grundy's, and then uh, Live Entertainment came in on it. Um, but then something happened with Live. I don't know what it was, and at the very last minute, unfortunately, no fault of their own, they had they had to pull out. Um, and, uh, so the film was left in a very tenuous state and all of the money that they put in up to that point became a liability because they were expecting this growth curve with these funds coming in, which they were then no longer going to be able to. Um, and so, yeah, they really had to pull up their socks, uh, in terms of production values. So production values weren't as you know, as high as a lot of films like it that came out at the time. And that's why. That's basically why. But we still managed to just cut away all of the extra bits and focus on the chamber piece. And I think that as a chamber piece, it's it's stronger as a result in a way without all of the bells and whistles. I mean, even without those bells and whistles, I think there's still three or four explosions in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's yeah, quite a bit yeah. of uh, practical effects and like practical explosions. There's even a little bit of CGI in there, but it's done really well. It's a nice blend, uh, especially for the time. Yeah, thanks. 
Well, that, that, the, you know, it was, uh, it was uh, Weta Studios. Was it really? Oh, my God. So, yeah. I had no yeah, idea. Yeah. So, it, it, hired, hired, hired. Um, so, some of the stuff from Weta and some, um, it was a mixture that I'm, I'm not totally across exactly how it all was, was made up. But the, uh, I know that, that we were hiring Weta, the, the studio um, itself or one part of the studio for for our uses and that um, and that was an incredible boon for the production as a whole if we hadn't had that we would I don't think we would have made it half the movie of what ended up being because we had all of these uh, facilities available to us that were already up and running um, they didn't need to be created they were in, in already in progress so or we could just borrow a lot of that stuff in order to do what we needed in our very own, you know, very sort of much smaller way than the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, but uh, great to be around. We, we got invited to the uh, opening, so just to place that in time, opening, the, I think it was the world premiere of The Frighteners. Oh, wow. Oh, such a great flick. Was just around the corner from where I was staying. Yeah, yeah. It was in Wellington um, because that's, that, that had been, uh, I think that was, uh, was that Michael J. Fox's last film? Um, Or close to it? I don't know if that was his last film. I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Be, be interesting to find out. But he's fantastic in it. He is, isn't he? He's wonderful. Such a wonderful actor. Uh, I guess you're a Peter Jackson fan, I would assume. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Are yeah. you a big fan of his old stuff? Like Bad Taste and, and, Bad Taste, Diddle, yeah. and Brain Dead and, and Meet the Feebles? Brain Dead is one of the seminal films of that genre. Yes. Uh, it's so good. Brain Dead is just brilliant. They, they keep recreating it. They keep like, the, that trope <laughs> yeah. never died. No, it's still going. I mean, have you, have you seen Wellington Supernatural? Uh, no. It's basically just it's it. Ah, oh, check it out. Um, Wellington Supernatural. I think it's called. Well, uh, apologies if I've gotten that wrong. I think it's called Wellington Supernatural TV series, um, which is basically it is toned down a bit. Uh, it's a bit like what was that vampire movie uh, that was shot in. In uh, uh, New Zealand, I'm sure somebody... Oh, uh, What We Do in the Shadows, Taika Waititi? Yeah, yeah, We Do in the Shadows. Basically, What We Do in the Shadows broadened out across many different disciplines of the supernatural with cops in Wellington, called Wellington Supernatural. But it's the same style as that. It's, uh, yeah, so basically that, all, that whole sort of, all of those... Um, in, in my mind, anyway, all of all of those kinds of shows all had a link back to Brain Dead. Brain Dead was the start of something really, really fun. It was brilliant. Now you briefly touched on this before about live entertainment um, being involved and then and then having to bow out. Um, now this film um, isn't on DVD in the U.S. and I think it's in it's on DVD in Japan, France. Switzerland and Germany, I think, and the only release we got was on VHS. So the only copy that exists here is the VHS version of it. So we don't have any high def um, <laughs> restoration of it. Um, now Artisan put out the tape, so now Lionsgate owns Artisan. So I would assume Lionsgate has the rights. But uh, do you know what happened with that? Like the distribution of the film, like after it was finished. Did it get a theatrical run, or did it go straight to video, even in Australia? I think it went straight to DVD, well, or straight to video, straight to video. But yeah, um, it's a good question. Do I have 
a copy um, of the whole film. I don't think I do. You're really, ah, oh, that's interesting. I might have one. I just have to... Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I don't. I don't. My my house is a little bit of shambles at the moment, so oh, that's all, okay. everything's been stored <laughs> elsewhere. But um, I'll, I'll find if I can find one for you guys. I'll I'll, um, I'll send it over. But it, there isn't. There isn't. I, as far as I know, there isn't one that's that's actually been released that widely. Well, that would that would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sure. If I could, if I can find it, I'll, you you know, it's yours, of course. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. No problem. But I, in the same breath, like I feel like this film needs to needs a, a resurgence, right? Uh, there's a lot of uh, DVD companies right now, like Severin or Vinegar Syndrome or Shout Factory, that could really get get this film uh, into a, like restore this film to where it needs to be and give it like a proper release like on blu-ray like you know rescanned and everything from the film negatives and stuff i mean that would be truly amazing if if somebody could do that soon um and it's just unfortunate because i just don't know the state and i figured maybe you might have that answer like where it lies right now i, I i'm sorry i'm i i don't i i i wish i did um but i i have no idea what's going on out there in the it's a it's a it's a strange and um many varied world out there of of film distribution it gets as you've already pointed out gets very complicated yeah um uh who owns what and when and how and why uh it's all it's basically it's all changeable at the touch of a button so if anyone shows interest at all they could probably pick up that film very cheaply and distribute it if they felt so felt inclined um you'd have to get the negative as you say and so that negative could be in either a good uh, state or it could be in a parlous state. Um, so uh, I've heard some terrible stories of the things that have happened to film negatives and, yeah. and things that have been lost as a result. Um, the, the digital world we live in right now is a lot is a lot uh, simpler. But in the old days, you know, you leave uh, if you leave a film canister on the tarmac, you know, because it's being unloaded from a plane for an hour, that's it. You know, forget it. You got to shoot all that again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, and, and that kind of that kind of bothers me because I, like i said you know i i feel like this film deserves it you know what i mean this film it, it would be a shame if it was lost like that and it and it yeah. didn't get a proper release or or a release that it deserved in, in our opinion anyway oh thank you because <laughs> yeah. we really love it it's really good <laughs> it's it's really it's some of the best uh direct-to-video 90s movie that i've i've ever seen i think i in my opinion um it's just unfortunate because it should get more attention and that's kind of why we're doing it for the show and 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 why we wanted to talk to you to kind of make people aware of it and try to go find it and watch it yeah yeah um well thank you so much for those kind thoughts um that the 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 film itself is i think it's a little bit of a maverick at the time and people didn't know how to sell it and it just didn't sort of fit in Somehow, um, but also it it, it it lacked because of the, what I told you about the budget um, that that also affects marketing. So, um, so it did, it just didn't get a push that it probably yeah I pro- probably would have deserved a bit more of a push than it got. Um, and it, you know, like these things are like stones rolling downhill. So I appreciate the you know everything you've just said and and uh, it would probably. You know, uh, wouldn't take a huge amount of effort by someone just to, to to put it back on the shelves a bit. But 
obviously there's a fair amount of investment that's required to do that uh, to begin with. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a it's an interesting film. There's another film that I did was straight to uh, TV called Evil Never Dies. Have you seen that one? No, but I wanted to talk to you about that because I tried looking for a copy of it and I couldn't find it. Um, is that is that also that's also Australian produced and released? Actually, I think it was released in the states. It was on tele on on a cable channel. Okay, I know Catherine Heigl's in it. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, Long before she became like Catherine Heigl, <laughs> or just as she. Was. I was working with her. Wonderful, she's great. Like, yeah, I couldn't believe it. she was so unflappable. Um, she would read uh, on set and uh, right up, you know, just before the take. And I, and I'd like, aren't you like me? Like, you need to sort of get into this, right? And she's just like, bang, she's just straight into it. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm like, oh Jesus, well, where did they come from? <laughs> Zero to a hundred. Uh, yeah, very impressive. Actress. That's amazing. And wonderful to work with. Yeah, yeah, she's really great. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you, are you so it, well, you like Brain Dead, so I would assume you're you're a horror movie lover, right? Mm-hmm. Um so are you a Greg McLean fan? He did Wolf Creek and and Rogue. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. I, I haven't you know what? I haven't seen Wolf Creek. It's oh. a terrible admission to make as an Australian <laughs> audience going member, uh but it's because I blame, you know who I blame for that? I can blame my wife. <laughs> <laughs> because she just won't watch that film. I just blame. I blame Erica. <laughs> Definitely check it out. It's 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 really excellent. <laughs> um, you, and I would assume like so. Uh, do you like like Have you heard of Body Melt and Razorback? Do you like those films? Yeah, yeah. Body Melt and Razorback. Um, yeah, I did. I did see Razorback a long time oh, ago. Like it's a excellent. Really long time ago. I think I was in my. I think I was in my l- late teens, early twenties when I would have seen that. Um, and that's. Um, yeah, that that uh, that was great. That was a wonderful B grade classic yeah. Aussie schlock film, wasn't it? It was yep. just the the Ozploitation genre. <laughs> yeah. We're actually doing that uh, later in the year, so um, we're really excited to do that one too because I feel like that movie doesn't get enough love either, and it's it's such a weird uh, psychedelic monster movie. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Have you heard? Have you guys heard of a film called Wake and Fright? No. Wow. Now I feel as though I am the pedagogue of horror. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> that that it, it's a it's a social horror film, so it's like kind of like uh, if you went to a small Australian town that was populated by the Monty Python philosophers' song singing people, <laughs> um, then okay. you would <laughs> you would uh, you know those yeah, yeah philosophers' song yeah. And, and and you go in there and everybody's really happy and uh, like this and it's absolutely horrific. Um, it's horrible. This poor guy gets trapped in this small Australian town. But the the, the only reason I bring that up is there's a small little moment of pride I have because my mum was in that. Oh, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely um, need to check that out. <laughs> she's the only woman in the film, uh, <laughs> so you won't. You won't uh, she won't be hard to pick out. The 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 um. The, the 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 film itself has some rather unsavory overtones, but it is an Australian landmark in horror, and that it came out in the mid seventies when no one was doing that, and uh, so it's a really again another really seminal piece for for Australian horror films, and I think that it paved the way in a way for for Wolf Creek, um, 
knowing what I do about the film in terms of broadly, in terms of the tropes it uses, it's pretty, pretty similar. So, um, yeah, uh, Wake and Fright had, uh, the, the lead, the lead actor is no, is not, he's, he didn't become famous, but one of the other actors in it did. And I think, ah, oh, you know what? I'm going to have to Google that. I can't remember his name, but he was a fantastic actor. Donald Pleasant. Oh, love Donald Pleasant. Yeah, Donald Pleasant is great. Yeah. Wait, wait, was that around the same time as Raw Meat? I think Wake and Fright was like 74, something like that. 71. Man, I got to see this now. <laughs> I'm like adding it to my, my mental list. Yeah. It is It is an Australian classic. They, they class it as a, as a psychological thriller. Um, but you can see them. Oh, because there's a new rela- release, 2013. Um, new in inverted commas. Um, yeah. So there's, uh, so I've obviously done a reprint of that because it's such a classic. Highly recommended. Definitely got to check that out. Are you a fan of uh, Death Warmed Up? I haven't seen it. Death oh. Warmed Up. Hold on. Oh, it rings a bell though. It rings a bell. Yeah. It predates Bad Taste. Oh, really? As, as like a New Zealand splatter film. Yeah. Wow. It's really good. Um, I think you'll dig it. You should check it out. Oh, I have to, I'll have to have a look. Okay, thanks yeah, for that. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, <laughs> no, it's fun to get to you know talk about these films uh, with somebody you know from where they were made. So that's that's really neat. <laughs> no problem. I wish I'd, I'd had more to do with actually making them, and I could tell you all sorts of stories about <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, are you, what are you doing now? Like, is there something you want to promote or um, or anything of the like? My friend, now I'm I'm out of the the entertainment business almost entirely um i do i do other uh, other stuff um for my own peace of mind and i have a family and uh so regular income is good uh so i i while i'm still connected to uh in various ways to making uh things uh i i prefer to more control than an actor sort of more traditionally gets um and so yeah after a while that sort of that was causing, uh, it was just, it was really frustrating me, I think. Um, and I needed to get away from, uh, from acting for a while. And then that just sort of stuck. And I realized, Hey, you know what? Why was I so obsessed with that for so long? Because the world is an enormous place. It's a phenomenally multi varied place. And you don't need to be just obsessed with one thing for extended periods of time. You can go out and do lots of different things. So, uh, yeah, uh, that's, that's, that's basically had uh, enormous uh, positive effect on my mental health. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't mean literally. I mean you know, just you know, casually. Um, and and yes, that, so that's that's good. Yeah, it's it's a it's a good change. That's always good. Good. I'm glad glad you're in a good spot now. <laughs> yeah, thanks. All right, Simon. Well, th- I just want to thank you again so much for coming on and, and chatting with us. And um, yeah, we really appreciate it. Uh, uh, my absolute pleasure, Joe. Thank you so much for inviting me. I uh, wish you all the best with the show. Thank you so much. Hey, everybody. If you want some more bad movie goodness, you can check us out at moviedumpsterpodcast.com. Subscribe to us anywhere you listen to your podcast, and make sure to leave us a five-star review if you dig the show because it helps get out of the bottom of the dumpster and into more eardrums. Yeah, and if you're on the social medias, you can follow us at Movie Dumpster on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Welcome to the bottom of the chain. 